Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zarrell. With me, as always, is professional film critic, Sean Patrick. Visit us at IHateCritics.net, Everyone'sACriticPodcast.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our handle is CriticsPod. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Alexa, Stitcher, all your podcatchers, and watch us live on YouTube or listen to the podcast on YouTube. Uh, by searching for Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast on YouTube. Subscribe to the show there as well. Click on the little bell above my head or somewhere near me and uh, get notifications when we go live, usually Monday nights around 7 or 8 o'clock <clears throat> Central Time. And then Patreon. Patreon, I got patreon.com slash critics pods. The best way to help support the podcast. Uh, we got a new subscriber this week. Thank you very much, Cousin Jeff. He's back. Uh, so... Thank you for that. Get yourself a credit on the show and help support the podcast. There are bonus episodes out there that you haven't heard yet, specifically the Thanksgiving one from last year. Uh, I believe the A24 dropped to the normal feed this week. Uh, so there's that. On April 24th. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got some time. Why not? <laughs> A24. Uh, really, we'll release it again in August on the 24th just for fun. <clears throat> uh, but there'll be more bonus episodes coming as well. And there's also our T Public page at IHateCritics.net. If you click on the T Public link in the upper right hand corner, or just go to T Public and search Critics Pod or Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast, and you can get some of our merch. Uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and get started with our episode. We're just going to jump right in. There's not a whole lot of movies this week. In fact, in some ways it's a little repetitive <laughs> so <clears throat> we'll go ahead and just start with the 2021 oscars which aired last night yeah did you watch no <laughs> <clears throat> why not because <laughs> uh, i hate them uh they every year i get more and more annoyed <clears throat> this year i mean I can't really complain because everybody who uh-huh. won deserved it, but at the same time, I would have rather had somebody else win, with the exception of maybe the director. Uh, but you really can't complain about, especially the best actor and actress. Uh, they were really good, but I would have I would have rather seen you know Carrie Mulligan or uh, the girl from uh, the oh, I can't think of the name of the movie. Uh, it was on Hulu. <laughs> The Billy Holiday movie. Oh, Andrew Day, yeah. Yeah, Andrew Day. And uh or Chad I, and obviously everybody wanted Chadwick Boseman to win uh for best actor. Um It was a weird show. Uh there's no doubt about it. it you, I don't know how much you heard about the format of the show. It was very strange. Um they didn't do clips. They did some clips here and there, but not a lot of clips, so you didn't see many clips of the movies. What you saw were the presenters introducing the nominees in these kind of lengthy segments talking about uh, how they got into movies or their first thing that they fell in love with at the movies, which were good because uh, they're well-delivered. Reese Witherspoon and Laura Dern and Riz Ahmed, these are people who know how to deliver. They're charismatic and, and you know, you give them a script to read from and they're going to nail it. But it, w- it was still weird not seeing clips, especially when we're talking about when we get down to costume or cinematography, not seeing clips is kind of weird. Uh, because those are such you know the visual elements, you know the production design. You think right. that you're going to see a, a, a clip of the film that underlines how great the production design is, and we didn't get that, which was kind of strange. Right. Um, but the strangest thing of all was that uh, the best picture didn't go on last. Yeah, so this is apparently uh, a Steven Soderbergh sort of innovation. He wanted to try and put his own stamp, I guess, on this and. There's also been talk about, and I think this is just mostly conspiracy theory about them wanting a specific winner at the end uh, for a big emotional moment. Uh, but realistically, this was just more Soderbergh just being kind of Soderbergh and just wanting to make it his own. So uh, instead of the best picture, so I was watching, right? And I fell asleep for like 10 or 15 minutes during the show and I woke up to best picture and I'm like, oh, I, I wonder who won best actor. So I got on Twitter to check who won best actor and actress. And everybody was just losing their mind <laughs> because the best picture was going on ahead of best actor and actress. And 
the theory was that many were coming forward with, oh, well, they're going to put Best Actor last because they think Chadwick Boseman's going to win and they'll get this big emotional moment to end the show. And then that didn't happen. Uh, Anthony Hopkins won for The Father and he wasn't there. And so the show ends in this flat, you know, ending with Joaquin Phoenix going uh, on behalf of, we, we accept this award on behalf of Anthony Hopkins uh, and we thank the Academy. And that was it. Then it cut to Quest Love and it was over on our way to this new uh, Oscar After Dark thing, which I didn't stay up for. <laughs> was that just put on by the network or was that still part of the Academy? The Oscar it was, yeah, it was the, I think it was a network thing. I'm not sure. Uh, and it, yeah. I don't know if it was in place of having Jimmy Kimmel host something or whatever they used to do, but yeah, it was it was more of an informal thing. Uh, the, one, it was one of the things that trended on Twitter all night because apparently Glenn Close was talking about debut by EU and really impressed Spike Lee by knowing what debut was. Yeah, <laughs> I did see Glenn Co- Close and debut. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I didn't look up what that meant. I just saw the like two different hashtags next to each other. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean even if I that was it, what they were going for, you still yeah. you don't put it at the end cuz that's not how you end a show. You needed that you needed to come down from something that emotional anyway if he had one. So to me that's a stupid place to put it. You know. Yeah. You know, they didn't do it for Heath Ledger and nor should they have. And that was also a supporting actor, so that would have been even different. Right. But you need that. Uh, I mean, it just sounds like it was way overthought, kind of boring. I mean, you fell asleep. <laughs> Not to put words <laughs> in your mouth. <clears throat> but I, you know, everybody was upset about it. I, Again, I'm not. I wish Chadwick Boseman would have won because he really deserved it. Not that Anthony Hopkins was bad because he was fantastic, too. Uh but I was almost more upset with uh, Frances McDormand, not because she was bad either, but that was a tight category. All five of those performances were phenomenal. Yeah. And I would have been happy with just about anybody. The only reason I would have said not Frances McDormand, because she's won so many damn times and, <laughs> you know, let somebody else have it. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I don't care. <laughs> I I was I was pulling for Promising Young Woman. That was my I've I've kind of come around on that movie, even though I ranked it low in my top ten. I've really I've seen it again. I saw it again this weekend. And it was just it just continues to grow on me as probably the movie I still I think we'll still be talking about in ten years. Not that Nomadland won't, but I don't. I think Nomadland uh, for what it is, it's a it's a great movie and it's a great performance. I'm not trying to take anything away from that, but it's an old movie. It's a movie that has an appeal to an older audience. And the same goes for The Father. The same goes for Anthony Hopkins. And anybody who was really surprised that uh, The Father won has forgotten that uh, despite all the, 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 the uh, changes that the Academy has made, despite all the, uh, you know, the, the, the links that they've gone to promote diversity, the fact of the matter is if you look at their demographics, there's still a lot of old white men who are still voting for old white men. And <laughs> not to say that you have to vote for somebody because they're black. I'm not saying that. Don't uh, don't right. get triggered, right wing. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying that that, uh, that 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 just is always it's tended to be. We've got 93 years of, of Academy history that bears out the the way older white men vote on movies, and that's just a fact. Um, I was just looking at today, like I was looking at my review of the artist because I'm gonna put I'm gonna post a, a new review of the artist 10 years later uh, this week. And and, it, and the, the artist is a great example of an old people movie. It was an old person's movie. It was an old Hollywood movie. And then it, that appeal uh, or, you know, the King's Speech was the same way. King's Speech is a fine movie, but it's an old person's movie. It's a boring movie, <laughs> for, for being completely honest. And that just continues to happen year after year after year. It just so happened that this kind of older person movie happened to be directed by a woman of color and. Oh, that's great. And I'm glad that she won. And she's a, an amazing director. She's incredibly talented. And she made an incredible movie. It just happens to be the movie that happens to be all about old white people. <laughs> and that does tend to appeal to the older white demographic of the Academy. Yeah, it's like, I don't even feel like wasting my time on, uh, you know, throwing racism at, at it. Uh, it it's mm-hmm. 
it, I just I, I don't care. I don't think it's that important. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I, I just the Oscars shouldn't be. I used to treat them like they were like the most important award there was, and now they may as well be an MTV award. I mean, all awards are stupid. The more and more we get and start looking at the movies that we like the best, you know, sometimes they get it right, but a lot of times when they get it right with unanimously, it's because it was a weak year. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, we bear it out every year. I mean, I don't think any any time we've ever picked our best movie of the year, it's not even been nominated. Right. In, in 10 years of doing this show, we've never had our, our movie be nominated for best for best picture. Uh, even get nominations for that matter, um, and right. and certainly you know Giants being lonely or I blame society or they're not going to get Academy Award nominations. They're, they're not even going to get noticed, and that that's a shame because those two films are for me are the two most incredible things I've seen this year. Yeah, I mean, and Promising Young Woman in hindsight is my favorite movie of last year. I'm with you. I mean, I know you still like Ages for Happiness, which is also a phenomenal movie, uh, but that doesn't mean Promising Young Woman is not great. Uh, but still it's, I mean, I knew that wasn't going to win anything. It was more of a, it's too unique for lack of a better word, genre, even though it's not, I don't know. I just, I don't know. My wife wanted to watch them and I just, I really don't care. I I mean, it's, it just makes me mad and I shouldn't care. So I don't, you know, it's like, I don't watch the Grammys because I don't want to see them screw Eddie Van Halen over on a tribute. You know, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's you know they don't know it, it's like you're right it's an establishment that's made up of old white guys mainly and they pick what they want just like the grammys is what you know it's all about being cool oscars aren't about being cool i'll give them that <laughs> yeah because it's a bunch of old white guys but i don't know I, I don't really have a whole lot to say other than i'm not surprised uh it's funny how he go Chadwick goes and wins every award and then loses the Academy Award. Uh, that's happened plenty of times before, though. He's not the first by yeah. any means. Uh, but I don't know. It is what it is. It, I mean, it's it's a silly argument. How do you know? How do you say what piece of art is the best piece of art? Uh, the one that moves you the most is really the one you have to vote for. That's how I've always operated when it comes to the you know the Critics Choice Awards. Um, uh, at least in terms of my nominating ballot, obviously, once I get to the actual uh, the actual balloting, uh, most of my picks are not there. Right. <laughs> like, H is for Happiness had no chance at the Critics' Choice Awards, no matter how much I might have advocated for it. Um, so, yeah, it's it, what piece of art moves you more? Um, for me, it was Chadwick Boseman over, uh, as much as I appreciate what Anthony Hopkins did, I think Chadwick Boseman... Now, now I know, and, and again, people are going to say I'm contradicting myself because you can look at that performance in, in, in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and say he's not doing the best acting, he's doing the most acting. But I say he's doing the most and the best because <laughs> it is he is volcanic. You can't take your eyes off of him for a moment that he's on screen. And all and for the first 10 minutes of his performance, he, all he's doing is talking about his shoes. And I was riveted. Well, and that movie called for the most acting. All the, I mean, Viola Davis too was you know phenomenal in it, and uh, it, it, the whole cast was. It, it was more of almost like a stage play where they were yelling to the back of the room and really showing off. And I, we're not showing off, but you know, really uh, chewing the scenery. But it worked for what the movie was, and I, I, I love that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's when they're doing that in a movie where it doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's where yeah. <laughs> usually that's that sticks out a little too much, but or when two people aren't on the same page, like Fences, Fences. where you've got Denzel performing on Broadway and you got Viola Davis performing in a movie. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's silly. Uh, who else? Some supporting actor that was the Daniel Kaluuya for uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Which Tremendous he, performance, which uh, was great, but he had to split the nomination with uh, his other Lakeith Stanfield, who probably should have been the best actor category. <laughs> probably one of them should have been. It was really weird. I don't know how that ended, how they ended up choosing to do that in terms of putting them both in as supporting actors. I don't really know how how that gets decided. Um, it's it was bizarre that one of them should have been in the best actor category, and uh, you know Stanfield probably should have been. I mean, he was the lead essentially right. in that film, 
it, it's bizarre that they were both treated as supporting actors. Then, then who was the lead in the movie? Was right. there not a lead? And I'm glad they didn't su- split the vote, which, but then leads me to believe, did he not get any votes? <laughs> uh, Keith Stanfield. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I love that movie too. So I, I mean, he was, yeah. uh, both performances were amazing. Uh, who won Best Supporting Actress? Uh, was uh, Yu Jung Yoon for uh, Minari, the uh, grandmother from Minari. She was amazing in that movie. She she was just so lively and charismatic and funny, and she you know she kept a movie that that really could have been been very dour from being dour, and it became more of a it became more more of a uh, not a typical movie, but it, it had a, it, she brought a lightness to it that that movie desperately needed. Uh, not saying that it's an entirely comic performance because it's not an entirely comic performance, but some of it is. Uh, you know, her her love of professional wrestling or her inability to be a typical grandma or you know, these the things that her uh, grandson complains about her, which are are just wonderful. Uh, the little touches that she brought to that character are just so smart, and it's such a smartly played performance. It was ab- absolutely deserving of best supporting actress. Yeah, I think. If I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna get, I know I'm gonna get flack on this, but the biggest insult of the night to me was Hillbilly Elegy winning best makeup. Fuck you, fuck you, Hollywood, and fuck you so much. That bullshit movie with those bullshit haircuts and that bullshit makeup that they were doing. I, I talked about it when we reviewed that piece of shit movie. It's a garbage film, by the way. Uh, if I hadn't mentioned that enough times, uh, but for them to, you know, for them to get best makeup for that burlesque of Appalachia that they did. Forget it. Fuck that. Ron Howard. He's, he defines old Hollywood. <laughs> Indeed. <clears throat> yeah. I wish that movie didn't suck though. Cause I really like Amy Adams a lot. Uh, I don't care about anybody else in the movie. Uh, do, do they just need to go back to comedians? I mean, I know no one was ever completely happy, but that was the safest, most, I mean, this was the the safest. I mean, because the the reason they had to go to this was because that wasn't safe. They tied their they tied their wagon to Kevin Hart, and he got himself into into hot water, and they had to back away. Well, if they had not, well, they didn't have to. They they actually made that worse than it was by the way they handled it. Uh, This lowest ratings ever. I mean, uh, to me, that's less safe than back away from Kevin Hart. (laughs) You know, it's all about ratings, and you know. You tried the James Franco thing and uh, Anne Hathaway a few years ago. That didn't work. Mm -hmm. The no host kind of worked okay. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel was phenomenal. But I don't know. The biggest laugh of the night. There were no laughs pretty much during this entire show. It It was pretty dry the whole night. The biggest laugh came after, uh, after in the, uh, um, press conferences afterwards where Daniel Kaluuya is ex- is talking to the press backstage and this member you could everybody knew she was a member of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association of course the HFPA always ready always prepared to own themselves on camera she starts talking about how I followed your career for years. You're so fantastic in One Night in Miami. Tell us about bringing uh, bringing that character back to life. Oh my god. She thought he was Leslie Odom Jr. <laughs> oh, thanks, HFPA. We all really need to laugh after this. What did he say? Oh, he he was, was he classy. Like, wrong black guy. Just yeah, I think yeah, I don't I don't know exactly what he said, but he was he he just played it off and didn't humiliate the poor woman completely. <laughs> He'd have been an okay too if he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. So, do you like the setup, or would you prefer to go back to comedians, or what do you want, or do you even care? I I don't know. I'm I'm so I'm disillusioned by the Oscars. I mean, I, I again nothing against Nomadland. I think Nomadland's incredible, and it was a, it was a good choice. Uh, you couldn't go wrong. But I mean, realistically. With the with the demographics of the academy, they don't really match the growing demographics of America, and they don't reflect what people like, which they shouldn't. They shouldn't do that. I don't know why I'm saying that, but 
I don't know. Do, do contests that aren't really matter? Um, right. I mean, I don't want Transformers to win, you right? Know, but That's I don't for the want MTV Awards or or the People's Choice Awards or the fuck. But I want. I, I mean, you're right. You can't really. You can't really judge it. There's so many different. Like part of why I like Promising Young Woman so much is it was just unique. I'd never seen anything like it, and mm-hmm. uh, that's why I thought that should have won Pulp Fiction. Why that should have won way back when there was nothing ever like that before. Right. Uh, instead, they just go with some. Every now and then, something like that wins, but very, very rarely. It's usually like Gladiator, just something very typical in Green Book. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> Old white men movies. <laughs> I mean, find me an old white man movie that hasn't won. You know, Drive, in many ways, was an old white man movie. It just confirmed all their biases. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else in the Oscars before we move on? No, not really. No, I don't really have much else to say. Stoderberg uh, didn't bring anything particularly interesting to this uh, other than the tracking shot of Regina King walking into the Academy Awards to give out the first award. Beyond that, you know, the changing of the order was weird and off-putting and the, you know, the, the fart of an ending was, <laughs> was <laughs> abrupt and strange. And uh, if that's what Soderbergh was going for, congratulations. <laughs> if you really wanted to be put a stamp on it, open with the best, best movie. Here you go. All right. Uh, Those with best song. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's take a Leonard Skinner to open with Freebird. Bird. <laughs> uh, instead of the Oscars, I watched this movie, and I was a total dick the whole time. Uh, I'm not going to review it. I'm just going to be like, I'm not a space guy at all. Uh, yeah. And this is a movie about three people who go up in space and they found a fourth person up there stuck on the spaceship or something. I was, uh, I mean, you got good actors in it. Don't get me wrong. But the whole time I'm like telling my wife, do we have to watch this? Can we just go to bed? Can I do the? I never really fully invested myself. Uh, yeah. Well, not even Anna Kendrick or Tony Collette. Didn't, didn't I, I like both of them. I mean, I, when my wife said they were in it, I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And then when I saw space, I'm like, okay. And then I just, I was in and out of sleep for the first half an hour. And so I don't know where the fourth guy showed up, how he got there. Uh, Somehow he was stuck on the spaceship when it took off. I don't know. How do you stow away on a spaceship? That doesn't make any sense. You'd die. You'd be killed on the way there. Unless he, did he turn out to be an alien? Was he an alien? No. Spoil it. But, (laughs) <laughs> no one of they only have enough to survive with three of them oh uh, so then oops. they have to decide you know do they kill him and anakin's fighting to keep him alive and then oops they lose some oxygen i don't know i don't remember how they lost it but at some point anakin's outside with an oxygen tank and drops it uh oops. so then they have to go get <laughs> another you? one <laughs> okay sorry yeah uh, i missed this one so i have no idea yeah i, mean, I love anna kendrick though she's awesome she kind of plays the Bruce Willis role from Armageddon. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, maybe it's good. Uh, I tried to ask Josh if he saw it and if he liked it. And here's what he said. <laughs> he just texted me back. <laughs> I did not. We canceled Netflix. Okay. So he did not see it. <laughs> all right. Well. The content we all live for. The, the, the Josh content we all live for. Uh, if you ever watch it, let me know if I'm an idiot. Anyway, let's move on to the biggest movie of the week, Mortal Kombat. Biggest movie of the year? Are you kidding me? Did it outdo Godzilla? Uh, no, no, I don't think it did. It was close, though. It did really well, though. It was a big hit. And I actually saw Exhibitor Relations of all people on Twitter, of all organizations, the legendary box office uh, people, they said that this movie actually confirms that day and date releasing works. So HBO uh, is two for two then doing that with with seemingly. I like I I kind of get it. Uh, At the same time, I think they're leaving a lot of money on the table, not having it in theaters by itself, making people go to the theater to see it. But that's just my take. I, I don't really. I I know I've been doing it for the last year and a half, but I don't really like watching movies at home. 
I would rather be in a theater. But yeah, nevertheless, but I wouldn't go and see this in the theater, but I'll watch it on <laughs> HBO. So you are going to get the people like me. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to miss some crossover, but you're going to probably get more eyes on it. But I don't know. We'll see. Mortal Kombat, <clears throat> excuse me, is an adaptation of a video game from the uh, mid 1990s, early 1990s, an arcade game prior to that. Uh, nobody really well known stars in this, so I can't really. T- I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and remember who is in this. The thing I'm going to remember about this movie is just that it's silly, violent, over the top, and kind of awesome. Uh, I kind of enjoyed the silliness, the the stupid, ridiculous violence of Mortal Kombat. Uh, this movie just it embraces stupid so very very well, and in, in the way that uh, so many other big movies like this fail to accept stupid on uh, the, especially, I mean, and, and, and as stupid as it is, the opening 10 minutes feels like a real movie. It feels like a, like a seventies martial arts movie that happens to have some high end special effects, which I really liked. I was really impressed by the first uh, 10 minutes or so. And then it goes into the mortal Kombat stuff and, you know, a lot of typical, uniting the team stuff and the main character is uh, an underdog who's you know can't, trying to achieve his powers or whatever and uh, seems like he's washed up and all those types of tropes and whatnot and he's just a he's an okay enough stand-in to be you know he's a cardboard figure to hold up the plot and that's fine uh the key to this movie is violence hardcore violence and i tell you what i i, I that stupid hat guy, <laughs> the guy with the hat was really impressive. And when he throws that hat and it turns it into a, like a buzzsaw and just rides a woman's face right through it. I was like, yes, movie. I understand you now. <laughs> and after that, I was just kind of in on just how silly, stupid, over the top and kind of wonderful this movie is. I, I was laughing. I was cheering. I was uh, happy throughout uh this movie uh and just because they really they embrace the dumb and if you embrace the dumb in this way it's like it reminded me of of fast and the furious like that's a movie series that has embraced stupid in the most magnificent way and i get it and i'm with it and that's what mortal Kombat is to me yeah i went out with friends for the first time this last weekend uh or at least these specific friends and my friend Andy had seen this. I hadn't watched it yet. And he goes, you can get past the fact that the idea of Mortal Kombat's dumb. It was actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I mean, agree. The, the Earth realm versus the Outer World. <laughs> outer World has won 10 times or nine times. They win 10 times. They get to take the Earth, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree. And one thing that they like the rated R wasn't distracting. Like, like when we, I remember when we watched Logan, you and I, and I think we were wrong. We admitted we were wrong, but we were distracted by Logan being rated R. Uh, yeah. We watched it a second time. And we're like, okay, it, it flows way better. But this one, it, it just fit. You know, I, no point was, I just, I found it awkward. It was overly violent or this, they were swearing. It, it just made sense and just made for a really watchable, you know, movie. I mean, I, I'd put it up there. That, and then you think about it. There's so many tournament movies like this, whether it's Bloodsport or Karate Kid or whatever, you, whatever it is, there's right. enough of these that, you know, it, it's more than just a video game movie. So I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but yeah, and they didn't even get to the actual tournament aspect of this. That's, right. that's the sequel. <laughs> right. And, you're going to love this. This is the greatest because they, they're truly embracing the dumb. The rumor is, and I hope this is true, that the character of Johnny Cage, the Hollywood uh, fighting badass that they're going to hire for the next movie, is going to be played by The Miz. That would be awesome. That would be the greatest casting ever. <laughs> do this. Please do this. He deserves that too, because you know, as much as everybody hated him for a while there, uh, he's really, he's really pretty good. I, 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 that's another thing I watched instead of the Oscars was his, <laughs> his documentary <laughs> on WWE. Instead, uh, that was the deal with my wife. You watch, uh, we'll watch Stowaway, then you got to watch the Miz documentary. <laughs> and it had to be him because she liked she watched the Real World when he was on. 
Oh yeah. Uh, that would be awesome. I thought you were gonna say right. John Cena, but that that'd be so no. much better. Yeah, Miz is so much better a choice for this. Uh, Cena is too big a star for for that he's role. He's too big a guy too. Hmm. Uh, you know, Miz would be perfect for this. And, and, of course, just bringing that wrestling aspect into this, because one of the things that this movie does, and I talked about it in my review, was it kind of embraces a sort of wrestling mentality in, in introducing these characters, because, like, the character of the Scorpion, um, they put him over. You know, yeah. they do, you know they, they, like John Wick, like they say, like, they, they show you that shot of him walking through hell, still pissed off that his family was murdered. And it's like, fuck, yeah, this guy's going to fuck somebody up. Like, that was great. Uh, you know, just putting a guy over and, and you know, embracing the fact that uh, people are kind of scared of him. I, that was that was a terrific little little touch. And that character having him, you know, bookend the movie in the first ten minutes and the last uh, ten minutes was a great idea because he was phenomenal. God, could you imagine if he is the Miz is the star in the next one and it's successful? That's just going to make him success. I mean. It makes it more insufferable on television. It's great. <laughs> but now you could have like three wrestlers that are like, because he could blow up. I could see him working and making it as an actor if in the right scenarios, because he's fun enough. He's, mm-hmm. uh, that'd be kind of fun. My wife might actually watch it as well. <laughs> Although we don't watch Ms. and Mrs. <laughs> so, <laughs> Nobody watches Ms. and Mrs. Enough people do. They keep making them. Uh, but no, I mean it's on HBO. It's in theaters. It's, I mean, it's worth turning on if you got nothing else to do. I think it's, I don't know, just embrace the silliness of it. You know, that's the key. Uh, if you go into it thinking you're gonna watch a serious like martial arts movie, um, or if you're going into it thinking you're just gonna watch a regular you know movie, <laughs> then you're kind of going in with it with, with the wrong attitude. Which, uh, not to, I'm not calling out other critics, but. I, I thought a lot of other critics were like were going and treating this movie like it's something that it's not, and you got to treat this movie like, yeah. You know, what, what did Chris? What did they, it's a great Chris Rock quote. Like you're not going to call the 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 mentally deficient kid for double dribble. You know, right. Like you don't hold him to the same standards that you hold other movies to. That's not the way Chris Rock said it. Right. No. <laughs> <It's a> little... <laughs> Times have changed. I'm but not no, going to say it's the way he said it. <laughs> uh, I guess I do have a question, though. Did you watch this one first or the other ones first? I watched this one first. I was the other way around. I watched the other ones first, and I don't know if that helped my opinion or not. Probably <laughs> hurt it seen, a little bit. I, I saw Mortal Kombat 95 in theaters. Really? I was actually I was a big fan of the arcade game. I played the arcade game in the early 90s. Uh uh, whenever my mom forced me to go to uh, go to the laundromat with her, I would always play like an hour of Mortal Kombat. I sucked at it. If I could get you in the corner and I could just kick you and nobody could move, that was me. It's the only thing I could do in that game. Uh, but anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event for the linear, legitimate, and universally recognized, undisputed classic. Only because they don't have another soundbite, but <laughs> Mortal Kombat from '95. Oh, Mortal Kombat '95! I didn't know actually going in that the, I forgot. I'd forgotten, I guess, that this was directed by Paul W. S. Anderson, and it took me like three minutes to realize, oh, this is directed by Paul W. S. Anderson because this is shit. Uh, <laughs> it's really terrible. But I gotta say, it's terrible in the same in in a, in a less good way as the new one. Um, because in this one way. is so bad. It's the definitive. So bad, it's good. It's. Uh, I was just so. I was. I was eating this movie up. It was just so deliciously bad in every way, from Christopher Lambert to these. Uh, I mean, the absolute embarrassment of a performance that is Bridget Sampras, who just. I mean, absolutely. Who directed her to act like that? That poor woman. She's bounced back so well from this. Because she looked like a goddamn amateur in this fucking movie, <laughs> it's embarrassing to watch. I was I was cringing for her every time she had to she had to read a line. Then there's just this sort of absent-minded mis- misogyny that's going on throughout the entire movie, where she, 
you know, she's not allowed to have a big fight. Everybody's got to save her. And anytime she gets into trouble, somebody's stepping in to help her. It's like in the in the game, game Sonya Blade's a badass. badass. She can fight on her own, you know. Like, yeah. But no, no, and everybody's got to save her in the movie because this just this subtle misogyny that uh, that filters through. Uh, it's just very '90s in that way. But uh, I got there's so many great moments in this. Christopher Lambert's choice to reveal himself wearing this giant hat, and then he p- lifts his face up to reveal himself, and his eyes are like one's going one way and one's going the other way. And you're like, why would you do that? Why would you do that for your big reveal? Because the rest of the movie, he's not cross-eyed. I don't think he's cross-eyed you know, as as a regular thing. It's just the rest of the movie, his eyes seem fine. He just chose to do it in this moment because. I don't know. I'm Christopher Lambert. Fuck it. Uh, but that's his entire performance, too. It's just he just doesn't give a shit. Uh, he's so bored and just his listless. Then I got to I mean, the direction, the choices like for for a time, like early in the movie, the movie is just blue. And you're going, why is the movie blue? Why is it blue? What is going? What what is causing the movie to be blue? And then it's orange. It's like why the hell is the movie orange? What is the choice that is? Why are you making these choices? <laughs> and then, but they're the kind of choices. They're kind of they're the kind of terrible choices that only you only get from a really great bad movie. Yeah, but at the same time, they clearly know they're in a bad movie. Nobody acts like that for real. I mean, I don't. I, it's not the same. I mean. It felt earnest to me. <laughs> I don't know how it felt earnest to you. I mean, it, it felt was like so- a legitimate effort on these people's parts, and they just that that poignant that poignant form of failure that I appreciate so much in really great bad movies. See, I think they I mean I. I know. I mean, they clearly know they're not making Citizen Kane, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I thought it worked in a watchable fashion. I guess way more than the next one does. Uh, but at the same time, it was it was just like '90s bad. But like, I don't even know. It's hard to even describe. I I didn't like it in the laugh at it kind of way because it it just it was like action movie acting only. Action movies that kind of died off at this point. And now you're <laughs> doing the Paul Anderson movies. Uh. I don't know. I don't really <laughs> say about it other than when I worked at Hardee's, my brother worked there with me. That's a restaurant for all you not in the Midwest. I think it's <laughs> Carl Jr.'s elsewhere. Or Carl's or used to be Carl's Jr. Anyway, doesn't matter. Right. Uh, he had the soundtrack to this. That's that knowing ass theme song where they yelled Mortal Kombat at the beginning. I'm not kidding you for like three hours straight. He played it and just on repeat. And finally, the biscuit lady comes back and goes, if you play that one more time, I'm going to take the CD player and I'm going to throw it away. And like maybe two minutes go by and all of a sudden, Mortal Kombat. (laughs) (laughs) She goes running back there and (laughs) threw the CD player away. Uh, That's about all I have (laughs) for this movie, though. I did see an interview. There, an interview with the guy who yells "Mortal Kombat" in on the song, and uh, his one regret is that he has he has he makes no money from it whatsoever. <laughs> he got he got paid one time, and he gets nothing in the future for people who have repeated that over and over for decades. Jeez, uh, there was one I did appreciate the get over here and the finish him. <laughs> You know, they threw that in there, but I mean, Harry Tagawa is a, is a legend, and you know the the man, the the man can do no wrong. He's terrible. Everybody's terrible in this movie, but he's terrible in that wonderfully delicious sort of way. But this is way worse. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> I mean, you can't even get this Christopher is- Lambert back. You get the guy from Saw, <laughs> and not even like Jigsaw, but like the other guy. Oh. <sighs> Like this oh, is unwatchable. Man. I mean, even read the tagline: "Destroy all expectations." Is exactly what this movie is. They couldn't even remember the continuity from the end of the previous movie. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't, and obviously, I mean, Bridget, Bridget Sampras obviously saw her performance in the first. Like, she's no, there's no fucking way I'm doing that again. <laughs> you used all my bad takes. No, <laughs> I was way better than this, and you ruined me. Or nearly did. <laughs> they could have destroyed her career, but thankfully it didn't. 
Um, <laughs> this movie is again, I as as terrible as it is, I was laughing the whole time. It made me laugh. I was laughing at it, not with it, but I was laughing at it the whole time because it is so very very funny. Uh, Dexter's dad is the one who plays uh, Christopher Lambert's per, uh, role in this movie, and uh, he's committed. <laughs> to the performance, oh, that's I who guess. it is. It's not the guy from Saw. Never mind. It looks like him. <laughs> I didn't actually... <laughs> this was borderline unwatchable as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, it's so bad. Lyndon Ashby wouldn't even come back for this. And who the hell is Lyndon Ashby? <laughs> like, even he's going... Even he was going like, no, nah, I don't want any part of that. And it wasn't like this uh, was 10 years later. It was two years later. Two years, <laughs> yeah. But you know what's funny is that this movie failed bad enough that uh, a, there was a producer who stepped in and bought the rights to Mortal Kombat, and based off of Annihilation, he managed to uh, he managed to launch a roadshow of Mortal Kombat. So he would take it around the country and do all these Mortal Kombat ka- karate exhibitions. <laughs> and he's the guy. He's the guy who went on to make. Food Fight, that awful animated movie that failed so miserably several years later. Well, that was cool. <laughs> so, yeah, weird connections. Speaking of weird connections, do you know who directed this movie? Uh, I looked it up, but I didn't know the name. It's John R. Leonetti. He's the director of Annabelle. So this, what a weird career <laughs> this guy's had, like 20 years apart, the biggest moments of his career. Where he takes something that was successful and makes something shitty. <laughs> Pretty much. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the game was also starting to fall off at this point, too, if I remember right. It wasn't as popular as it once was. Uh, there must have been a new game that came out recently, uh, right? Is that, I mean... There's like a there's like Mortal Kombat 11 or 12 or 14. I mean, they've been making them for a while now. Well, and I didn't like Ronda Rousey dress up as a character or something like that a couple of years ago at one of the wrestling pay-per-views. Yeah. So, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods were dressed as Mortal Kombat tonight. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt Raw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot all about Monday Night. I just saw a picture. I, mean, I, oh. yeah, I wasn't watching it. Uh, uh, but, you know, this is—it's had a cultural impact for sure. Um, not out, not Annihilation. I mean, Mortal no, Kombat in general. But <laughs> Annihilation is probably the most forgotten aspect, and and for many, many very good reasons because it is uh, epically terrible. Um, <laughs> I just can't even begin. I, I the, the thing about this is it's not nearly as fun as uh, as Mortal Kombat because the '95 Mortal Kombat because you don't have Christopher Landbear and you don't have uh, the performances are, are are bad in a different way in that they're just just plain bad as opposed to like they were probably directed that poorly in the first film. <laughs> Here right. they're just kind of left to their own devices and they're just all sort of wooden and boring. Um, and except for that one dude who the the big bad who is just chewing the scenery. That guy is the one of the worst actors in the history of acting, and he is hysterical to watch. I don't know his name. I, I wish I did, but uh, yeah, he was he was wow. Uh, yeah, Whew. But yeah, this took a lot of effort this week. <laughs> <laughs> we watched three versions of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's our show this week. Yeah. And now we're moving on to the third year of movies. <laughs> That's all you got. Uh, me complaining about a movie I didn't really pay attention to, and then the Mortal Kombat's. Uh, I didn't watch anything from 91, but I've seen Oscar a million times. Uh, I pretend to love it. I just like it. Uh, it's not Hot Shots. It's not Naked Gun as much as I want it to be. It's trying to be. Stallone's best comedy. It's trying to be a movie as opposed to you know like a parody. Oh, it's definitely a parody. It's over the top. Watch it again. I mean, it, doesn't, it doesn't really go into that level of parody. I mean, it's more quick. of a, it, it's more of an uh, noises off than it is a hot, hot shots. It's it's like a step down from that. You're right. It's not a total parody where they're not, but it's definitely not. A, a, there is a step. There's definitely a more of a story being told here. On the day that uh, Oscar is set to go legit and give up his uh, gangster ways, he's also meeting his. Uh, daughter's uh, potential husband and uh, he's also got a bunch of people who are trying to draw him back into his criminal career and uh, 
and it's just a lot of you know doors slamming, people coming in, people leaving, lots of energy. And uh, the thing about that is, is that Stallone really doesn't do lots of energy. He's not an energetic actor. Uh, I don't think that's a controversial statement. Uh, he's a, he's he's very he's a very reserved performer, and the type of performance that you're looking for in a movie is the, like this is one that can hold the center. And while he's very charismatic, and he does somewhat hold the center he's also the least interesting character in the movie because he's surrounded by all these wacky characters going left right and whatever all around him and he's just he he seems out of step throughout the entire movie and the fact that he's a big star doesn't help either because he is the middle guy trying to you know you have all the wackiness going side by side you know next to him (laughs) tim curry yeah but I mean, it's definitely not a straight ahead comedy. It's definitely slapstick and, like you said, door slamming. And uh, it's a different type of comedy than your straight up stuff. And put this person in this room to keep them away from this person. And to- right. <laughs> but it, it's. I, I thought they pulled it off enough to make it watchable and somewhat fun, but obviously not memorable because no one really knows this movie. <laughs> it was one of my mom's favorite movies. That's all I remember really more than anything about this is she really liked this did she see a kiss before dying matt dylan mm, and sean young I, I, no one saw a kiss before dying okay talent for the game edward and James i've seen Thomas. this movie so many times <laughs> it was on hbo uh forever in a day in the late 90s and it was kind of hard to miss uh, edward james almost is a uh, baseball talent scout who may have found a uh, his one last chance at getting a guy to the majors. Uh, Lorraine Bracco is his uh, love interest. And uh, I got to say, like, Edward James almost is really great in this movie. Like, he's really charismatic and fun. And as this kind of, not a loser, but just the kind of guy who just hasn't had any breaks. And he's finally kind of getting a break. And, it, and he's really lively, like, in a way that you don't really... Remember from Edward James almost because uh, he kind of has again, he's more of a staid, reserved, respectable kind of actor. And here he's kind of dirty. He's kind of, you know, in the moment and it's and he's lively in a way that's very entertaining. And this is not a movie that anybody remembers, but uh, it's certainly one that uh, uh, for some reason has stuck with me, especially because he's just he's having so much fun. And it's that kind of thing where his fun and Lorraine Bracco's fun is kind of translating into you having fun while watching it. And it's a baseball movie. So it has that going for it as well. I've never seen it, but your sounds good. Maybe I'll watch it if it's ever on uh, toy soldiers. I could not find a good picture of this. So here's the Blu-ray. I, I, I think I've seen this movie. I, I don't remember exactly. Um, is this the one where like one of the prep school gets taken over by terrorists and the, like the, the, the outsider bad boys have to come together and 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 get the bad guys. Yeah, starring Sean <laughs> Astin. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I, I don't know that I've ever seen it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but uh, that's escaping me now. But yeah, that's all the movies for this week. Uh, next week, we got Without Remorse on Amazon Prime, The Mitchells versus the Machine. Machines on Netflix. Here are the young. Did I that right? Here are the young men. Yes. The county in Berlin. Alexander Plants. Plats. Plats. I put an N in there for no reason. Uh, and in 1991, one good cop, a rage in Harlem, and truly madly deep, deeply came out. We're still working on a classic. We'll let you know later. Yeah. Whether we go with uh, Cronenberg or Mike. <laughs> <laughs> See how much time we got. Uh, let's see here. Where is Flickchart? Are you here? Yes. All right. Constantine, or you have time for Flickchart, I'm assuming? Sure, yeah. Constantine, the thing, terror takes. This is not a movie, is it? No, I think that's a documentary. Constantine or Blast from the Past? <laughs> two not great movies that I have a real soft spot for, honestly. Um, that's kind of a coin flip. I actually really like Blast from the Past. I'd probably watch that. You want me to flip a coin? 
Um, I go blast for the past. If you don't have any passion for either one, I do not. Blast from the past wins. Ten things I hate about you, platoon. It's ten things I hate about you for me because that's the movie I would watch first. I like that movie, but I feel like I have to defend Platoon against people who just seem to forget that it's really good. So I'm going to go Platoon. Another quarter. It's Platoon. Let's see what's next. Uh, Looper, a perfect world. Looper. Is a perfect world terrible? It's not great. I seem to remember that getting torn apart when it came out way back when. I'm going to skip one of these movies here. We got Philadelphia or A Beautiful <laughs> Mind. Oh, you've never seen Clash of the Titans? The cartoon? <laughs> was it a cartoon? I thought yeah. it was the Clash of the Titans movie. No, no, it was like the 2001 cartoon or something oh, like that. Okay. Um, Philadelphia. Jingle all the way, Tombstone. <laughs> Tombstone. I showed my son one of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder which one that is. He wanted to watch an old West movie, and I was like, he's the only one you'll probably get through. <laughs> and he, he enjoyed Hey, look. It. Hey, Bob, look. Kevin Bacon's dick is back. <laughs> oh, Hollow Man in the Fountain. <laughs> Kevin Bacon's dick's in the fountain. <laughs> I'll take uh, Weepy Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Hollow, Hollow Man's really bad. Yes. Really bad. A Time to Kill Clue. Uh, clue. I'll go with Time to Kill. I worry that Time to Kill hasn't aged well. I don't know. But I remember reading the book in like eighth grade, and I think they're making a sequel to it or something. And Matthew McConaughey is going to be in it. Hmm. Freddy versus Jason: The Harder They Come. I've not seen The Harder They Come. Nor have I. That's next week's classic. <laughs> <laughs> Freddy versus Jason: Austin Powers and Goldmember. Freddy versus Jason. I find Goldmember almost unwatchable. And Freddy versus Jason is way too watchable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Chronicles of Riddick, The Last House on the Left remake. Chronicles of Riddick. I hate that movie so much. <laughs> I do like the remake, but I'll flip anyway. Chronicles of Riddick wins. I hate that whole series. I know I'm the minority on the podcast there. Uh, Swordfish, One True Thing. They're both crap um one true thing i like renee zellweger i'm gonna flip again <laughs> i like Halle berry <laughs> <laughs> you win two specific reasons why you like Halle berry well, three <laughs> i like her overall too this will be a fun. The Academy Award winning <laughs> Crash or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. That's perfect. <laughs> End of Days, The Prestige. I mean, if we could, I'd put uh, Crash in there and just make it be last. Just pick every movie ahead of it. Uh, the Prestige. I mean, we can. <laughs> <laughs> Crash, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Uh, that's actually you Idiocracy. Wish. Idiocracy, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Idiocracy, it's desperately flawed, but it's better than that garbage. Cocktail, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Pee-wee. I remember being, that was, I wanted Cocktail to be so much better than it was. It was so bad. Yeah. Mean Girls, Showgirls. It's uh, Mean Girls. Mean Showgirls. <laughs> <laughs> Mad Max, Simon Birch. Oh, God, they're both terrible. Flip a coin, I don't care. They're both unwatchable. Flip. 
There we go. Mad Max. I realize I'm going in hard on Simon Birch, but <laughs> nobody really. I'm sure there's no one who cares. Going in hard on Mad Max too. No, nah, Mad Max deserves it. <laughs> people like it though. Uh, Star Trek Into the Darkness, Into Darkness, or Three Men and a Baby. Star Trek. I'd rather watch that. Yeah. Frost Nixon, The Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian. Frost Nixon. Great movie. Absolutely. The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Stargate. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Whatever. I don't care enough about Stargate, but I hate that movie too. Horrible Bosses Treading Places. I feel like I can't vote for Horrible Bosses just because of that picture. Yeah, it would have been tough for me, but because of the poster, I'm going Trading Places. Like Trading Places, yeah. Even though I, hate, I don't think Trading Places is very good. I think Trading Places is awesome. Uh, but Kevin Spacey, if it had been anybody else, I would have probably had right? to flip a coin. Can, can we go back and, and, and insert Christopher Plummer into movie? <laughs> Just all of his old movies. Let's put him into American Beauty. <laughs> pay it forward. It. Pay it forward. Why waste their time? <laughs> if it's bad, let's just let it stay bad. Gives us more reason to hate it. Uh, it or Child's Play. It. 2017 version. Yeah, if it were the TV version, I'd be I'd be whining. <laughs> Death Becomes Her, Monty Python, The Meaning of Life. Uh, Monty Python. Yeah. Star Trek Insurrection, 1998, Hellraiser, Deader. I've never seen Hellraiser, Deader. Neither have I. Like six or seven? What is that? (laughs) Like 15. Star Trek Insurrection, Crimson Tide. Thank God, Crimson Tide. Is that a classic? Is that a Tom Clancy (laughs) book? (laughs) I don't know. Is it? I have no idea. It feels like one. Uh, (laughs) The Burbs, Rear Window. Rear Window. This is tough. Uh, (laughs) Obviously, it's Rear Window. Billy Elliot, The Abyss. I actually thought about Billy Elliot as a classic next week because the the star of that film uh, is in in one of the new movies next week. Um, Billy Elliot. It's fine by me if you want to do that. Submarine, Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. Agreed. The Goonies, The Omen. Oh, boy. Um, Gosh, I don't really care. Honestly, I think they're both <laughs> bad. I think The Goonies is better. Then that's fine. Diamonds Are Forever, Gosford Park. Gosford Park. White Chicks, Red Dragon. <laughs> Sounds like one movie. If it was Eric Andre and Lil Rel, maybe, but I'll go Red Dragon. <laughs> Office Space, Atomic Train. I don't think I've seen Atomic Train. Now I want to, though. It stars Rob Lowe. And Isai Morales. Office Space, Beethoven. Office Space. Greed. The Hateful Eight, Babylon A.D., Hateful Eight, yeah. I didn't need to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare, Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Sorry, I hate even having to say the other title. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas or Boondock Saints. Uh, Sky High, My Bloody Valentine, 3D. <laughs> Controversial statement, I really like My Bloody Valentine 3D. I think Sky High is one of the best kids movies of all time. <laughs> So I'm going Sky. I love. I watched before having kids, like, and I was like two years removed or away from having kids, yeah. and I watched Sky High like every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I I saw it one time and forgot about it. Oh, it's so great. Kurt love is best, and Kelly Preston's really good. But you win. <laughs> RoboCop Two Sleepers. Mm, sleepers. Dirty Harry, The Ottoman Republic. Never seen The Ottoman Republic. It's a terrible name. Yeah. 
Dirty Harry or Babel? Babel. Days of Thunder, the Full Monty. <laughs> Sounds like a sequel. Uh, Full Monty. I agree. 28 weeks later, Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York for me. If it was days, I'd go 28 days later, but... Thor Dark World, Dirty Harry. Thor the Dark World. Electra, The Quick and the Dead. The Quick and the Dead, but only because Electra is really bad. Platoon, Blades of Glory. <laughs> I'm getting ready for my big fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's Platoon, it's Platoon. <laughs> I had to think about. I had to think about it though. <laughs> you realize how bad Blades of Glory really is. <laughs> Legends of the Fall, Chinatown, Chinatown. Anthony Hopkins can't win them all. Mm. Cars or Once Upon a Time in the West. Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, that movie's awesome. Walking Tall, Octopussy. Walking Tall. Stephen King's a. St- Stand. That's not a movie. That doesn't count. It's a TV movie. It's a TV miniseries, isn't it? Yeah. Have you seen this movie? No. Uh, <laughs> podcasts are like, what are they fucking talking about? <laughs> uh, Mary Poppins Escape from New York. That's tough. That's a tough one. Um, I'm going back and forth on that because I know the cool pick is Escape from New York, but I actually really love Mary Poppins. Um... Escape from New York. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I thought for sure you're going to go Mary Poppins. <laughs> I thought about it. I thought about and it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, you're right. The cool picks Escape from New York because uh, of the age we are and whatever. But I like it enough. Excess. I've not seen the original Insomnia. This isn't the Al Pacino one. No. No, the original one is made in Iceland, I believe. Ah. Uh. Excess baggage, the day the earth stood still. Let's see. Hmm. Uh, well, um, they're both bad. And, and the day the earth stood still is an insult to the original. I'll go excess baggage. I'll agree with you. <laughs> Enemy at the gates, Hannibal. I mean, Enemy at the Gates isn't very good, so Hannibal, by default. Inspector Gadget, The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> the Mighty Ducks. It's like Flick Sharks. It's not a even definite trying. winner. <laughs> Flick, Flick Sharks giving up. Seven, six days, seven nights, Mighty Python and the Holy Grail. It's like, guys, you've ranked all the movies. That's like, what are you doing? They're like, in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Muddy Python. Let's see if they can give us something to go out on. They cannot. Four weddings and a funeral, <laughs> the Prince of Egypt. Four weddings and a funeral. Rambo three footloose. Footloose. I gotta wait. The lovely bones apocalypse now. Ooh, wow. Damn. Um Honestly, I'm going to get flack for this, but I think The Lovely Bones is a better movie. Yeah, it's back to the soundtrack and the story behind the movie versus the movie. Uh, you're probably right, but I'm still going to go back a little now. <laughs> and it's also about the cool choice again. <clears throat> right. But you win. Lovely Bones. Major League, Tenacious D, and the Pick of Destiny. I'm going to go Major League, but I love Tenacious D. I do, too. I, I actually probably watch Tenacious D first, but I can quote Major League. like Everybody can quote it. Stargate, Love Actually. Love Actually. Deadpool, Vicky Cristina, Barcelona. Ooh, that is tough. What movie, Man, would, that's tough. what movie would you rather be in? Would you rather be Ryan Reynolds or Javier Bardem? <laughs> <laughs> I would rather be Javier Bardem, but I'm gonna let I'm gonna let the Woody Allen hate uh, push me over to Deadpool. <laughs> I'm gonna be Javier Bardem too, though. 
<laughs> oh, Jesus. Terminator 2, Judgment Day, The Hunger Games, Catching Fire. I, I love Catching Fire. I think The Hunger Games is a great series, but uh, T2 for me. I don't get T2 at all. Childhood nostalgia getting in the way. God damn it. They've given us time to get off, and I kept going anyway. Due date, Alien Resurrection. I'll only pick Due Date because Alien Resurrection is so bad. Yeah, I mean, Due Date should be way better than it is based on who's it, who directed it. But The Apartment, Private Parts. Again, this is tougher than it should be. Um, I, I think Private Parts is easily one of the, the greatest radio movie ever made. There's no doubt. And uh, Stern over delivers oh, yeah. unquestionably. Um, but uh, The Apartment's an all-time classic, and it's one of my favorite movies ever, so that one. Yeah, I mean, I like Private Parts, but it's it's not on the same level. In Bruges, Arlington Road. In Bruges. Now, was Arlington Road any good? I remember thinking it was awesome <sighs> at one point, but that was awesome when I was a kid. It's not awful, it's just not very good. It's like one of the main stars died at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Die Hard 2 of the Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby. Goodfellas, Dr. Horrible, sing-along blog. What That's the not a movie. Fuck? Come on, give me something hard. Fuck that. <laughs> That's not hard. I know. What we That's got, not like hard. hard. This isn't hey, hard. there's a good matchup. Goodfellas spotlight for the end. <sighs> Goodfellas. Yeah, it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> 